Well, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Tomorrow morning is Christmas. Now, for some of the younger ones among us, they probably uh, wondered if it would ever come, if Christmas would ever get here. And today is probably the longest day of the year for a lot of kids. For some of us who are a little older in years, it just seems like yesterday was Halloween and we're wondering, uh, how can it be Christmas Eve? How can tomorrow be Christmas already? But it is. And there's some good things about that and there's some bad things about that. One of the good things is the parties are almost over. You know, all the receptions and all the cookies and all of those kinds of things won't be long and trees will be coming down and lights will be coming down. Gifts will be unwrapped. Pieces of those gifts will be lost forever. Toys will instantly become inoperable. It's amazing, isn't it? Sometimes, I don't know about your house, but at our house, gifts that our kids uh, just had to have didn't feel like they could live another day without. They get it, and by the end of Christmas Day, it's inoperable, and they're moving on to the other thing. When our kids were little and we bought all those little toys with all the little pieces that needed to be, and batteries and that kind of thing, it's like as soon as the batteries run out, they throw it aside and move on to the next thing, and now they've got to have the next big thing. You see, our Christmas gifts are incredibly temporary. And no matter how much time or thought or love went into seeking and searching them out and then purchasing them, all of those gifts will eventually go by the wayside because they are temporal. They're physical. So regardless of the clothes that you buy, they'll eventually wear out or go out of style. The ties will become stained. The perfume and the, and the aftershave will become empty bottles before very long. And all we'll have to remember Christmas of 2006 are some of those broken toys and empty bottles because many of the gifts that we exchange in spite of the love that they're bought with and given with are incredibly temporary. But there is one gift that goes on and on and on. There is one Christmas gift that keeps on giving, kind of like that little energizer bunny. It just never stops, keeps on giving and giving and giving. And that is the gift that God gave us in his son, Jesus Christ. The true meaning of the season, though it often gets lost in all of the shopping and all of the all of the decorations But Jesus is truly the gift that keeps on giving, the gift that goes on and on. And I'd like to suggest this morning that Jesus is a gift that will be giving to us in many different ways at many different times throughout the year 2007. Because many of us will find ourselves in different situations, different experiences, different traumatic life events where we're going to need something that only Jesus can give us. And the beauty of Christmas is when that need comes upon us, when all of a sudden we find ourselves experiencing that traumatic event, all we have to do is open the gift. It's always there. We can always access it. It's always new and fresh and timely and perfect, whatever the situation might be.
But it still depends upon us going to the gift and accessing what God has provided for us in Jesus Christ. I'd like you to turn with me this morning to Isaiah chapter 9. The prophet Isaiah and a very familiar Christmas prophecy about the coming of the Christ child. And in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, Isaiah the prophet says this. He says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You see, when Jesus came, when God sent Christ to earth, he sent him to to provide what we need as his creatures. And we can see the, the gifts that God gave us in Christ reflected in the names of Christ here in this passage. So I'd like us to look at four lasting gifts that Christ gives us uh, whenever we need them most. They're there for our taking if we will access those. They're gifts that we'll all need at one time or another this year. And as we start 2007, you, you might not even be able to envision needing any of these four gifts. But I guarantee you that at some point during 2007, there will come a time, however brief or however prolonged, where you will desperately need only what Jesus can provide in one of these four gifts. And the first gift I want us to take a look at is the gift of comfort. The gift of comfort. Isaiah says that he will be called Wonderful Counselor. The word wonderful there in the Hebrew literally means astonishing, amazing. He says Jesus is the astonishing, amazing counselor. He can provide us with comfort. He can provide us with hope. Jesus Christ is the perfect, wise counselor. You know, if there's ever been a time in your life When you struggle through personal issues, difficulties, maybe it was in a marital relationship, maybe in a friendship, maybe it was simply a battle with depression or some other kind of of illness that you were struggling with. And and you just felt so confused and so hopeless and like you didn't know which way to turn. A wise counselor can bring amazing comfort into your life. Several years ago, I experienced a period of like that that in my own life, a period of depression, discouragement, hopelessness. I mean, truly, the world just seemed dark and I didn't know which way to go. And through a friend, they directed me to a counselor who was just a wise, loving, gentle woman. And I sensed the, the comfort and the hope returned. Being able to direct me outside of the darkness I was living in. And in fact, she then kind of led me to Christ again, the wise counselor. And I'm telling you, when you're really desperate and really down and really discouraged, there's nothing like having a counselor that can can come into your life 
Speak words of hope. Speak words of encouragement. Help elevate your vision beyond yourself and your problems and begin to see the world with new eyes once again. Well, in Jesus Christ, God has given us that kind of comfort. But again, sometimes when it gets so dark and we get so confused, it's difficult for us to go to the gift and actually access the comfort that Jesus provides. Sometimes we need friends or others to kind of point us back to Jesus and and to dwell there and to find that that comfort and that hope. Because whatever we're experiencing in our difficulty, in our pain, in our discouragement, Jesus has been there before us. Jesus knows what it's like to be discouraged to the point of tears. He knows what it's like to be betrayed by close friends. He knows what it's like to experience physical pain and suffering for people that don't even care about him. And as we reflect on Jesus and what he has done for us, we can find comfort in affliction, comfort in our times of despair and personal struggle. So during 2007, when, when you find yourself in one of those places, remember that the gift of Jesus that God gave on Christmas morning is a gift of comfort because Jesus is our wise counselor. Astonishing. He knows exactly what we need and when we need it. But secondly, there's another gift, the gift of security. The gift of security. Not only can we find wise counsel and comfort in Christ, but we can also find security and confidence in the midst of uncertainty and chaos. The second name that Isaiah uses is the name Mighty God. Not only is he the astonishing counselor, but he is also the Mighty God. And the second name that he uses here refers to God's absolute power over all of his creation. Now, I want you to think about this, that little baby Jesus that we celebrate, that little infant wrapped in swaddling clothes was and is the mighty God in absolute control of every created thing. He can access every physical resource. He can manipulate every atom and molecule of this universe to serve his purposes. He is the mighty God. And regardless of how chaotic our world might become, regardless of how insecure we might feel if the economy tanks or things go north or south or whatever it might be. We can find a sense of security. A sense of confidence. Because God has given us Jesus, who is the mighty God. In fact, In Colossians chapter 1, and you don't need to turn there and there won't be a slide for this, but in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, listen to what Paul says about Jesus. And again, think of him as that little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, cooing at Mary. And listen to what Paul says about him. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything 
in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Think about that. That little baby Jesus, even as he was in that manger, was holding all of creation together. Every atom, every molecule was being held together by the power of that mighty God laying in a manger. And that power serves us. God is willing to to provide for us, to make that power available to us, to meet our needs, not our wants, not our luxuries and our cravings, but our needs. And he will provide for us. You know, that's why Paul was also able to say in Romans chapter eight, because Jesus is the mighty God and in control of all things. He can say, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, if that doesn't give you a sense of security and a sense that God is in control and you are his child called to be an adopted member of his family, then there is nothing on planet Earth that will ever make you feel secure. No bank account, no job, no kind of, you know, even temporary peace on Earth. But Jesus Christ gives us the gift of security. Confidence. Because he is the mighty God. You know, there were several years ago when we truly experienced how God causes even things that are very bad, humanly speaking, and he can rearrange them and cause things to happen to where ultimately they become good. It was about five years ago and we were living in Seattle where both, you know, Sue and I are from and all our families from there. We went there thinking that we had a great job. Finally, after 20 years of wandering around the country, we thought that God had finally brought us back to the Pacific Northwest. And we were excited and our families were excited. Our parents were excited. And it lasted about two and a half years because the 
organization, the district that I was serving uh, was became unable to support us any longer financially. It, it was in a real struggle. And so I had to voluntarily resign just because there wasn't enough money to pay all the salaries. And when I resigned, I had no idea where I would go, what I would do, what kind of job I would have. They were able to provide just a few months uh, of salary. Ultimately, we had to leave our house and actually move back in with my parents. What made it doubly worse is that our daughter, Jill, who had just turned 18, just graduated from high school, decided she wanted to stay in Seattle with her friends and live in an apartment. Now, that's a good thing for most people, but our daughter has a... An ailment that's called neurocardiogenic syncope, which causes her to pass out all the time and and causes a lot of problems. So she's never been able to drive, still can't drive. And so it was very traumatic for us thinking, oh, God, how could you do this? We thought that we were finally coming home. And now after just two and a half years, we've got to move back in with my parents at the age we were. I thought, what is going on here? And on top of that, we have to leave our daughter behind. It was a very depressing, discouraging, confusing time. But as we went back uh, to my parents, all of a sudden, God started to work. I got a call from Leland Eliason asking me if I could meet him for lunch. And that's where he kind of invited me to consider the position at Bethel. And I thought, boy, Minnesota. Uh, Bethel, that's one thing. But, you know, living in the tundra, although it's... More like Seattle this winter. But, um, you know, I got to be honest, it just didn't leap out at me and grab me like, yes, you know. (laughs) And and so we ended up leaving and and moving back here to Minnesota, took a twenty thousand dollar a year pay cut and left our daughter behind. A few months after we got here, got a call from Jill. How things going? Hey, I met this guy. He's really an amazing guy. And as we started talking and stuff, they started dating and months went by. Well, we found out that that Matt had already applied and been accepted to Bethel University before he even met Sue. And when I mean, before he met Jill and when Jill told him, I think my dad is working at Bethel University and blah, blah, blah. Well, ultimately, they got engaged and now they're living two miles away from us. And God brought that. I mean, and our kids have never been happier. The the whole thing has worked out so good. And as I look back, I can't help but be reminded that Jesus is a mighty God, that he holds everything together, that he can work all things together for good. That's not to say that things are good, that everything that happens to us is good. Some of it is just flat out bad, wicked, evil, stinky. But because Jesus is a mighty God and controls everything, he is able to work all things together for our good. And nothing can separate us from him. That should give us a sense of security and confidence. But there's a third gift even. The gift of meaning and purpose. The third title that Isaiah gives to Jesus is Everlasting Father. Everlasting father. Again, imagine the baby in the manger and he is the everlasting father. That title is given to him by virtue of him being the father of eternal life, the firstborn from the dead, the first one who was resurrected from the dead. And we will follow in his footsteps just as he was resurrected. We will be resurrected and he is called the eternal father. 
And it's that eternal concept of life that gives this life purpose and meaning. You know, Solomon said thousands of years ago that all is without meaning under the sun. If you're just trying to find purpose and meaning in this temporal, physical world, you will never, ever find it. You will never find purpose. You will never find meaning. But Jesus Christ provides us with eternal life, which gives this life incredible meaning, because every single thing we do has eternal impact and possibilities. Every action we take can have an eternal impact in someone's life in the future. And it can give us an incredible sense of purpose and meaning in our lives. You know, oftentimes it's at Christmas that many people experience depression and discouragement because for many of us, we end up trying to find our meaning and purpose in another person. And as important as our loved ones are, as important as our spouse is, as important as our family is, God never intended us to find our ultimate purpose and meaning in other relationships. And so when someone dies and someone is gone at the holiday, oftentimes it can be one of the most discouraging and difficult times for people because they were placing their hope for purpose and meaning in someone other than Christ. In fact, my brother and sister are there right now, even as we speak. Three years ago, their 18-year-old son, Justin, died unexpectedly. Double lung transplant that, that didn't work out. And every Christmas since then, because he died on New Year's Eve, every year they want to just be alone, isolate themselves. They're believers. But they haven't yet been able to move beyond that and, and find their meaning and their purpose in Christ. And I know it's a very difficult, difficult thing. But for them, they need a wise counselor. They need the gift of security that a mighty God can provide, knowing that even though that was a terrible, tragic, ugly thing, and we were there, that God can still work all of those things together for his good. But again, God relies on us to go to the gift and actually open it up and access the hope, the comfort, the security, the purpose, the meaning. He's not going to just force it on us because after all, it's a gift that he's given in Christ. And so we have to take advantage of it, open it up, experience it. God in Christ gave us the gift of comfort in a wise counselor, the gift of security and confidence in a mighty God, the gift of purpose and meaning in an everlasting father who gives us eternal life. But finally, he gives us the gift of peace. He gives us the gift of peace today. I think if there's one thing the world seems to yearn for and that we hear um, refrains of, it's peace on earth. Peace on earth. Why can't we experience peace as humanity? World leaders, special interest groups, private citizens, they're all asking the same thing. Why can't there be peace on earth? And particularly right now at this time of the year, when we're hearing and reading about car bombs going off every single day in Baghdad and, and killing innocent civilians and IEDs going off and killing our soldiers on a daily basis. We see pictures of Lebanon and the Middle East, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Afghanistan, 
Sudan and Darfur. I mean, all around us, it seems like there is anything but peace, even in our own domestic lives. It seems like the Republicans and the Democrats are constantly at war. I mean, there's just never any peace. And yet when Jesus or when God sent Christ, he sent the prince of peace. See, when Jesus came, he came so that we might experience peace with God. Jesus was the bridge between God's justice and wrath at our sinfulness and us so that we could finally reconnect with God and have peace with God. And God's plan was that that peace then would be then shared with the rest of the world. But apart with us having peace with God through a relationship with Christ, that we have nothing to share with the world. We don't know how to engage in peace and living in peace together. You know, nations struggle for peace. Everyone wants peace. Even as I was driving here this, this morning, uh, uh, as I was approaching um, downtown Minneapolis, big, huge billboard that said, Peace, please, with a picture of the globe. Everyone wants it. And yet, as a world, we have rejected our only hope for peace, and that is Jesus Christ. The peace of the world. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 that Jesus is our peace. He is the prince of peace. And one day he will physically reign on earth and he will be the literal prince of peace. But until then, we all have the opportunity to share the peace of Christ with those around us by living and modeling the life and the love and the sacrifice of Christ. You know, it, it's not just nations that struggle with a lack of peace, but we also know that our families, neighborhoods, workplaces, communities often struggle with a lack of peace as well. And again, I'm absolutely convinced more than I ever have been in all of my life that the only hope for peace begins with us individually experiencing peace with God and then being able to live out that peace in community with others. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you have never experienced peace with God. You don't really know what that means uh, when I say that you can have peace with God, that he's not angry with you. He's not judging you. Jesus didn't come into the world as that baby in a manger to judge the world, but that the world through him might find life and life eternal. There will come a day of judgment. But that's not the day right now. The day today is a day of grace and hope. Finding peace with God through Christ. And maybe you're here this morning and that's one of the things that you desperately need as a gift. This Christmas is the gift of peace with God so that you can then have peace with the other people in your life. You know, when God sent Jesus as that baby to manger, he sent us four amazing gifts. The gift of comfort the gift of security and confidence, the gift of purpose and meaning, and the gift of peace. But as with any gift, those gifts under our trees that are waiting to be opened, they have to be opened. They have to be accessed, and that's our responsibility. You know, I want to close this morning as we prepare our hearts for Christmas morning tomorrow, which is a time of individual reflection. And I'd like you 
in the next few moments to just give you some time to quietly meditate and reflect upon the gifts that God has given us in Christ. And I'd like to ask you uh, to ask yourself this question, this one question this morning. And that is, which one of these gifts do you most need right now in your life? Which of these gifts that came wrapped in the flesh and blood of the baby Jesus do you most need in your life this morning? Maybe you need the gift of peace. Maybe you need to experience peace with God for the very first time. Maybe you need to see the gift of security and stop worrying about the future and about tomorrow, recognizing that God that gave us Jesus, the mighty God who holds everything together, who can access every resource in the universe. Maybe you need to receive the gift of meaning and purpose. Maybe you've been trying to find your purpose for life in a career or in possessions or achievement And it just keeps being an empty life. Maybe you need to receive God's gift of purpose and meaning in Christ. It could be you're hurting in your family, personally, and you need the gift of comfort that can only come from a wise counselor. Whatever it might be this morning, why don't we just take a few minutes, and as John quietly prays, just reflect on what are the gifts or gifts that you most need Or maybe it's somebody else that you know desperately needs one of these gifts. And how could you maybe give it to them and help them access what God has to them? Take some time to reflect, and then we'll close with our benediction after we sing our final song.